Um, we're just going to start by, uh, you know, we're taking the, the, the morning just to honor fathers in our midst, maybe to learn a little more about how we can honor our fathers and even honor God as a Heavenly Father. But I thought it would be fun, uh, before we set the kids off, if the kids would have a chance to kind of honor their dads a little bit here. We, we got gifts, we have gifts for every, uh, every dad that's with us this morning here. And so I'd like to just start um, by asking if you are a dad in any form, shape, or fashion here, um, would you please stand up and give you a round of applause? Right. Keep standing for a second. We're going to ask that uh, maybe if your dad is in this room, if you have a dad in the room, anyone have a dad in the room? Raise your hand if your dad's in this room. You better raise your hand, there, kiddos. Uh, I'm right here. Um, if you would, there's presents at the back of the room for each dad. If you would go get a, a gift for your dad and. Uh, if someone's a dad without the kids here, we'll make sure we get you some gifts uh, and stuff. But uh, anyway, if you would, go grab your dad a gift there, kids. Go, go get your dad a gift. Over here, kids, over here. One more time here, just a round of applause to honor the dads in the midst here. All right, thank you. Thank you, uh, dads, for being dads. Thank you, kids, for making us dads. Um, but uh, we will now, at this time, release all the kids to go to Sunday school. So uh, we generally do ages 6 and under, but uh, feel free to go if you like there. Otherwise, just we'll have a few thoughts on Father's Day to wrap things up. So, um... I encourage dads not to get too distracted with their gifts during the service. Uh, we don't want to distract anyone here as we look at our gifts. So, um, just very good. All right. So, uh, anyways, we're going to uh, I'm going to pray real quick, and then just have three um, three points, three thoughts for us this morning about the honoring fathers, and then we'll get on with our Father's Day to practically go honor them some more, I'm sure, so uh, as best we can. So anyways, I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump in here to this. 
Heavenly Father, uh, we do thank you for this day. We, uh, we just want to remember you today as our Father. I pray you'd help us to get to know you better today through, through even the verses we'll look at and through your Spirit. Um, I pray you would help us to honor our fathers as, as you've intended, as you've commanded. Lord, I pray that many would be blessed for obeying you in that. Lord, um, you, you've backed that command with a promise. And I just pray you'd help us in that today. Give us insight give us wisdom on how to honor the fathers you've given us and how to honor you. And we pray for this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright. Um, just a quick uh, thing on, on... We're going to skip the memory verses today. I, uh, just for the record, I wanted to clarify how it caused confusion. So, uh, clarification to the confusion. Um, there was the memory verse. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 was your memory verse today. So I know all of you got that down. I accidentally skipped ahead to the next memory verse when I sent out a Father's Day email. And so some people were like, is it Titus 3, 5 or is it Ephesians 2, 8, 9? It was Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And if you, like some of these uh, brave men over here like Ned, I think uh, some of them might have gotten uh, Titus 3, 5 under your belt as well. That's great. Bring both verses back with you next week and we will maybe have double the amount of meaningful prizes that we normally do. So, uh, anyways, uh, so just to clarify that. And if, uh, Dad, if you like your gifts, you might uh, give a little uh, thank you uh, to uh, Jeff Weeman back there who, uh, he kind of went shopping on behalf of Dad and he found something that he thought he would appreciate and so we all benefited by that. So that's very good. I still have my, uh, my pocket flashlight from like three or four years ago. It was like this little mag life with the holster and everything and I've still got it and my wife doesn't let me use the holster on that thing but uh, anyways uh, it's a pretty cool little gift so enjoy these last thing was just to uh, let you know about before we get on with Father's so we're going to honor people from the race last week the 5k race uh, we had nine participants from the firehouse in the 5k race we made up roughly half the race right <laughs> but if uh, any of you raise your hand if you were participants in the 5k one, two, three, four, five, six, right back there. So Grace is around here. So we had a good nine of us there. And so uh, I think Jeff got the fastest time in the church, and the fastest he, he was uh, 11th place, I believe. Is that right? And your time was. 1928, so just faster than any of us should worry about being. Um, Grace had a very fast time, too. They were, you know, in the top contenders. I think there was roughly 200 participants. They're hoping that next year the race will grow and maybe we'll get some more people in it. And again, it'll run by, um, you know, likely run by the church, whether it's here or if it's at this warehouse up the street, the, the route goes right by it. But one of the other things they did is they had a special drawing for some prizes, some special prizes for the race there. And, uh, those prizes were sponsored by um, Breckenridge Brewery. And so Breckenridge Brewery gave away 10 kegs. So, uh, randomly, they drew names for participants and they gave away kegs. And you'll be happy to know that two of the keg winners are in this room right here today. So, yeah, we could have. Just a special recognition to uh, Stephen Chambers over here. He, he was one of those. And, and Morgan Thatcher right there as well. She was, so we. We're going to figure out how to have the first annual firehouse kegger and try to, try to keep it as kosher as possible. So, anyways, um, they also have a gift certificate option that some of us might opt for. Let's see. 
we'll just see how it goes. But anyways, we have uh, a number of special people in our midst this morning. Um, so we are going to transition back into fathers here, and uh, we're just going to look at a few things. I think it's just have three points with a few verses here. The first one is... Um, we're just going to look at this here, that God has placed an honor on fatherhood. And the point to us all is, therefore, honor your father. It's, it's pretty profound. But um, God has placed a, just a special honor on fatherhood. And, and then he calls us to, therefore, honor fathers because of that. Um, you know, it's not the other way around. If, if your father is very honorable, then you should place a special honor on him. But God has said, hey, this role, this responsibility, this uh, office, this, you know, the thing that has been given to a father is a special responsibility and therefore honor uh, your father who, who's carrying that out. You know, so we, we need to keep that in mind. Um, uh, I was thinking of a just a few, you know, uh, maybe ways to go about this. But one of them, I had a question for you guys to start off is, uh, how does one become a father? Just to honor fathers, how does one become a father? Um, not details, but in general here. Um, what makes a father? What is required in order to be a father? A child, at least one child, and children, I guess, will qualify you as a father as well. But you are not a father. You cannot become a father and apart from having children, you know, uh, having children born to you, adopting children. Somehow, you take on the responsibility uh, of having a child. And and that could be, um, you know, somehow that God has allowed a father to uh, reflect part of God and God the Creator. There's a verse in Malachi 2 that just talks about... Um, have we not all one father? Did not he create us all? You know, and somehow fatherhood and creation, there's an overlap there that God has allowed uh, the father to share in that. And obviously there's honor to a mother and uh, motherhood. And that's, you know, I think someone did that talk last month. That was Greg Miller did that. But uh, today we're honoring the fatherhood facet of the image of God. And so, but the only way to become a father is by having a child. And ideally, in God's eyes, it's one man married to one woman and you have children that, that come from that, from that union, that loving relationship. And that's, that's God's design. Um, let's see, we have a verse on this one, Matthew 15, 4. Um, I'm going to look, if you guys really look, look up this verse real quick with me, if you have a house Bible. This is, uh, maybe this verse will give you a little glimmer at the importance, at the honor that God has given fatherhood, uh, father and motherhood, but again, focusing on the father side of it today. Uh, Matthew 15, 4. This is Jesus teaching. He's speaking to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who have, in a lot of ways, they've kind of taken God's command, God's importance on things, and they kind of re- restructured it in a way that uh, was just rules taught by men as they thought best at the time. But Jesus said this, um, Verse, all of a sudden, the context of verse 3, it says, uh, Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. 
dishonor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. You want to talk about uh, uh, a little bit of importance. You know, it's kind of like there's a lot of different laws and commands in the Bible, but not all of them are backed by, hey, hey, do this, and you know, things will be good, you'll be blessed. And if you don't do this, or you do the opposite of this, you will be stoned to death. You know, there's not a lot of commands like that, but for motherhood and fatherhood, it's so important that God says, do this. There's a promise attached to it that, that you'll be blessed. But there's also the other side. If you don't honor, you know, the inverse of honoring would be dishonoring, would be cursing your mother and father. And it was built into the, the law back then that if you cursed, disrespected your, your father in a way like that, that you would be killed. And it would be right. It would be fitting. It would uh, be a fitting punishment for the guilt of dishonoring a father. And so we just need to catch the importance that God has placed on fatherhood because this culture does not place that same importance on fatherhood. And it's going down the tube. I think, uh, you know, year after year, things are getting worse and worse and we're taking God's design and it's fallen further away from His original intent. Another verse on the, on this subject here is Ephesians. Uh, kind of repeats the same things. Ephesians 6, and I think it's 2 and 3 here. Um, if you can flip there with me, that'd be great. We're going to look at that section. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. There we go. And it says this. Um, well, this is, uh, we'll start in verse 1 as well. This is one of our kids' few memory verses. I think about uh, the Nelsons and other kids memorizing hundreds of verses so far. We only have a couple in our family. But this is one of them right here, verse 1 of chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then it goes on to say, and it quotes again from the Old Testament, saying, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And, uh, you know, we've been teaching our kids on this. It's been fun working with them. My little boy Justice here on honoring your father and mother. And we try to quote this verse. And he hasn't got it memorized. It's definitely paraphrased. But often he'll pray. This morning we were in our prayer meeting. We were praying uh, uh, for a special request for Robin Sarah's uh, daughter. We prayed also for Jason and uh, some things. And we just supposed to pair up with someone to pray. So I prayed up with two of my kids. And I prayed. And then they were going to pray. And um, Justice, when he prayed, he just pray for himself. He said, um, he said something like, uh, God, help me to obey my mom and dad and my father. And, uh, and so other times he's prayed, God, help me to obey my fathers. And, uh, you know, there's a... Uh, He's still working on his terminology here, but he's getting, getting the idea. But um, one of the things I just want to encourage us with is God has placed an honor on fatherhood, and he says you will be blessed. Many times in this it says, um, honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you. And uh, it goes on to say, uh, let's see, let me go right with you, and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. This whole father thing, you know, sometimes we can go, is my, how honorable is my father? How good of a job did he do? Did he even show up? You know, right now there's a, a study out that says 40% of people born today are born without a father in the picture. There's not a father. There's other studies out there that say, um, I heard a stat that said, uh, there's 80% of homosexuals, professing homosexuals, would say that they did not have a, a nurturing, loving, healthy relationship with their father. 80% of homosexuals. 
Um, there's other studies that are staggering about people in prison. People that end up in prison, again, it's this staggering amount of people that did not have a loving, nurturing relationship with their father. There's just a huge amount of, amount of importance to that, but regardless of who your father is, God has said for you, hey, look, if you honor your father, if honor your father, that things will go well with you. It's really, this is about you. You know, some of you, that might be an easier job to do, but um, God has built in a blessing where you honor your father as best you can. There's a blessing to you. It's not about your father. As a matter of fact, probably the less honorable your father is and you do this, the more blessing there will be for you. Scripture is very clear on that. And so, we need to figure out just different ways today and every day. How, how, do, we, how do I honor my father? You've got to figure out how to honor your father. That's your deal. I've got to figure out how to honor mine. You know, and um, I just encourage you to think through ways of doing that. You know, we often give gifts on Father's Day. You know, and as a father, I love gifts on any day. And Father's Day, you know, you just hope you guaranteed one that day. And you got one here. I got to go to my family last night to pick out my Father's Day gift. So that's always fun, too. I was trying to talk my wife into a, we're at sports authority looking at all the different camping equipment and stuff but I found this really cool machete and I was like honey a Gerber machete it's got a little saw on the backside." and she's like what would you use it for and I said I don't know but it would be cool to have a machete you know sometimes my lawn looks like it could use a machete I think but uh, we ended up passing on a machete going for something else there. but um, anyways I encourage you to think of ways to honor your father you know maybe that's a phone call uh, maybe you know I was thinking through ways that I could honor my father today. You know, this is as best you have opportunity. I don't know everyone's situation. I just know God will bless you and you will live a long life if you figure out a way to honor your father. And, you know, that might be thinking through. I've just been thinking through what are some memories I have with my dad? Some memories that my dad took the time and the effort to make with me. Some things that are just, uh, that warm my heart when I think about my dad. I have a few different ones that I'm... that come to mind that I was just going to bring up and say, hey dad, do you remember this time? And I remember there was a time when I was learning to play basketball. Freshman basketball and we played our, our arch rival down I-25 there. I was running point guard and I did terrible. You know, I, I dribbled the ball down to the top of the key and throw the ball and the team would steal it from me and then I'd be like, oh, and I did it a couple times. I think the coach finally pulled me. Afterwards, I was distraught. I was in tears. I'm like, I can't pass. I can't do anything. And my dad just came alongside me and he just kind of gave me a hug and he said, you know, you should maybe practice the ball fake. You know, you fake one way and then you throw the other way. And I was like, okay, you know, and kind of wipe my tears. And the next day, I started using the ball fake and, you know, my point guard life changed after that. But my dad had come alongside to help me and he did a number of things, helping me with pole vault and helping me in other situations. I remember backpacking trips with him once that we took. And it's just imprinted in my heart, this trip that my dad took me on where we packed it in and we packed it out and it was just some, something bonding, loving relationship that occurred there. And I thought one of the things I'm going to do is just remind my dad of some of these things that he's, the way he's imprinted my heart by his, his loving efforts as a father. And, but I encourage you to, to look. You know, maybe honoring your father might be giving thanks for things that they've done. Maybe honoring your father might be working through forgiveness in some way your father might have hurt you. Maybe he wasn't a perfect father. I've had conversations with my mother and father where I go, remember when that happened? And it wasn't a pleasant memory. And and I was able to go and I, I forgive you for that I release you from that you know and, and maybe that's something that will cause you to honor your father more maybe there's been some something that's been a risk in your relationship but I encourage you this, this is your deal honor your father um, and you will be blessed by it so um, 
The next point we have here is uh, so fathers, um, your, your children are commanded to honor you. Dads, it's awesome. They're commanded to honor you. You know, for better or worse, this is a good deal, right? But the other side of the coin is scriptures are very clear. The dads are called to be honorable. You know, if you think you're going to get away in life where you go, hey, God has called me to honor you and, you know, you're soaking it up and they give me some honor here, I need some more gifts, some more whatever. Um, but God will not let a discrepancy exist for very long where you are not living honorably as a father and yet you're receiving honor, commanded honor. And God, God will bring the smackdown on us as dads if we try to take that honor that's been allocated to us that we live dishonorably. And there's, there's different situations. I, I know of a story once where there was this father that was, um, he was, you know, dishonorable would probably be an understatement, abusive, things like that as a father. And, uh, you know, eventually he, he had an accident and he died at a, at a young age as a father. And you call it an accident? I go, you know, this guy was living a dishonorable life as a father. And God won't stand for that discrepancy for very long, man. And we need to be men who are living honorably. A couple verses on this. Um, we have this one here. Ephesians 6.4 is the one we were looking at here. One of the places it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Do not exasperate your children. Do not, you know, uh, be overbearing, frustrating on your children because you're, you're, maybe your bar is too high. You want them to live at a standard that they just can't achieve. Or maybe your bar is too low and you exasperate them because they know my dad doesn't care enough to spur me on to anything. And, you know, he's, he just doesn't care. And, and that's exasperating as well. Another place it encourages fathers here is the first, first Thessalonians. Um, chapter 2 you know and it says this this is Paul was speaking and he was just talking about uh, as he lived out the role of the father in the lives of people he said hey be like a father First um, Thessalonians 2 and verse 11 it says but you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children encouraging comforting and urging you to the lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory and fathers, we just want to make sure as you're living out an honorable life that uh, it's going to include um, encouraging. God has given you a responsibility to encourage your children, encourage their faith, encourage their spirit, um, to comfort them. There's times where you're going to come alongside. A lot of times it's easy to think, well, the mom has the nurturing, comforting, I'll put the band-aid on, give you a hug and a kiss. But there's a way that God has assigned men to be comforting. And I think of my, my dad coming alongside me when I was just crushed and having those horrible back basketball game and he just comforted me and he helped me not only pick up the pieces at that moment but he helped give me a vision for how to be better at what I was trying to do as well and, and there's a way dads we need to comfort so that they can our kids can get back on back on the horse back on the trail back on the path that God wants them to be on and that's the last part there it says urging them to live lives worthy of God you know fathers have to uh, spur their kids on to, to a high bar that God has called them to and in doing that, in being honorable, Dad, we got to remember, you know, we can't spur kids on to a higher bar than we have in our own life. You know, it's like um, this weekend we went to a homeschooling conference where some dads were talking, and uh, this one dad was talking, and he said he was talking about raising his kids. He had, I think, five or six of them, something like that. But he, he said as he was observing his kids and they're getting older, he said, I came to the conclusion that my kids were going to be a lot like me. And he's like, you know, he's like, it was just this 
Uh, I can tell them anything I want, but in the end, my kids will be a lot like me. I can teach them, I can urge them to a high calling, but the reality is, in a lot of ways, they're going to live a lot like you live. And you want to urge them to a high calling, you need to live that very same high calling. One of the other themes that came from that conference was over and over again, we just talked about uh, these dads, you know, really, there's this responsibility to care for, to oversee the family, things like that. But all of it is an overflow of loving relationship with your children. They just kept going back to having loving relationships with your children. At one point, I was talking to a guy, and, you know, afterwards, and I was like, man, that's, you know, it really resonated having a loving relationship with your children. And I was talking to him, how many kids do you have nowadays? And I think he had like six kids. And we had, somehow we got talking to him, are you going to have any more? Are you going to have any more? And he's like, I don't think I can handle any more. And, you know, we, the thought came up, that would be a lot of loving relationships to have, you know. There was one family who spoke of this conference that had 15 children of their own. One set of twins, the rest, uh, one at a time, 15 children. That's, that's a lot of loving relationships, you know, with the, the purpose of helping people become more like Christ. That's, um, but, Dad, we just want to encourage you, be honorable, be living, loving relationship with your kids. Help them, comfort them, urge them on to the high calling that they have, but also let your life be, uh, you know, realize it's probably going to end up being a lot like your life. Um, the last thing we're going to look at here, so Father, be honorable. The last thing is, how much more should we honor our Heavenly Father? I think we have a verse listed on that one in Malachi uh, 1.6. If you guys would turn that with me. Probably know how to get there. Let's go to Matthew and the, the first of the New Testament here and take a left and uh, go to Malachi's the next book over there. Malachi has a few thoughts related to fatherhood. But this is one where um, you know God is talking and he says he goes through a list of different things that are going on with the people of God there. But verse six he says a son honors his father and a servant his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? But you know, you can basically translate this to say, hey, you're supposed to honor your earthly father. God has said that you should honor and God himself is saying, how much more should you honor me? And, and then he goes on to explain, you know, things are doing wrong, things they should do. But, you know, it's true. You know, if we're to honor our fathers, how much more so should we honor our Heavenly Father? And I want to just go through a few verses here. But it's amazing to see how important our Heavenly Father is um, in the Scripture. So, you know, some people have different ways that they prefer relating to God. Some look at Him as Lord and they pray to Him as Lord. Some see Him as Father, different things. But I just want to look at the Scriptures on some of the importance of, of being of God as our Father here. Um, one of the, let's see here, some different ones. Um, John 17.3, you know, if you don't flip there, you can just listen to these verses. I'm going to go through a few of them real fast, but John 17.3, Jesus is praying. He's praying, Father, uh, glorify your Son so that He may glorify you. He goes on to say, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And there's a way where Jesus is he's talking to his father. He says, Father, here's what eternal life is, that people know you, Father, and, and that they know me as your son. But there's somehow that eternal life includes knowing your father, um, not just your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but knowing your father. Another place I read this, Ephesians 1.17. 
there were some fun verses that ended up 17 showed up all over the place here, so I don't know if it's a special fatherly number. Probably not, but uh, I have a math minor, so I like watching numbers from time to time. Um, this one, 117 of Ephesians says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. God, your Father, your glorious Father wants you to know Him better. He wants you to know that there's an eternal life as, as a part of a relationship with Him is tied into eternal life. Some other ones we think of here, um, uh, Matthew 7, 21, where Jesus was talking and He said, um, you know what, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to make it into the kingdom of God. And, and then what does he follow that verse up with? He says, uh, 21 here. Not everyone who says, Lord, says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Somehow being in heaven relates to doing your Father's will. You know the classic verse, Matthew 6, 33, you know what does it say? Seek first. I heard a few. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you. All these things will be given to you as well. But the verse before that is talking. The whole chapter is talking about your heavenly Father. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Your heavenly Father is going to take care of you. Your heavenly Father, and he goes on to say, "Hey, by the way, seek first your heavenly Father's kingdom and His righteousness and these things will be taken care of, given you as well and the heavenly Father it's His kingdom were to be about to um, some other ones you know this is a, a real interesting one here as well Matthew 10, 17 um, you might have heard this before but I, you know some of these verses I encourage you to keep your eyes open with maybe a, a new uh, light of looking for your Father in it. but it says uh, Matthew 10, 17. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to local councils and flog you in their synagogues. And on account of me, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. Um, when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say. So it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your Father speaking through you. You know the Holy Spirit is the spirit of your Father living in you abiding with you and so there's just so many ways that um, our Father is tied into um, uh, you know our, our salvation our eternity I, I think about a lot of ways as you read the scriptures here to watch for um, learn about your Father it's like having a Father you never met before and someone were to write you know your Father is not here to have a relationship with you but here's, here's, uh, here's what he's like here's what you can know about your Father and they wrote all these things the New Testament is full of things about your Father and he does want a relationship with you and you can have a relationship with him and I encourage you to watch the things you can know about your father a second thing is just you can know that your father loves you more than you ever imagined you know you think about maybe any love you experienced from your father or in your family or different things and your father loves you more than you will ever know you know in this life and um, you know it says how great is the love he's lavished on us that we should be called children of God you know and that is what we are but um, Father has left us the other thing I think Jesus how he just said I'm going to take you my father's house there are many rooms and Jesus Jesus is going to take us to a place with our father we're going to a home that we've never been before and we're going to be there for eternity and there's through the scriptures you can get to know more about your father his love for you and the home that he has for you and I and there's just some amazing things there um, about our father you know one of the verses we put down here also um, this one you can turn to with me just Matthew um, Matthew 5 
48. Something you can know about your father. Something your father would want you to know about him. Matthew 5.48. And it says this. Jesus again is speaking. He's teaching them about who God really is as compared to who they think he is. And he goes on to finish, uh, you know, or at least... uh, kind of highlight something here. He says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. You know, we, we could have spent the whole time on this verse here today. I encourage you to think on and meditate on it. That, you know, if I had a message to you about your heavenly Father, is that your heavenly Father is perfect. Uh, some of you might have had good dads. Some of you might have had bad dads. Some of you might have had no dads. But I want to let you know, regardless of what your father was like, your heavenly Father is perfect. Your, your parents, no matter how good they are, they're not like your Heavenly Father. Your Heavenly Father was perfect with, with no mistakes. He's never done anything selfish, never done anything that um, is not righteous, never done anything hurtful that um, you know, would harm, your, harm you spiritually. You know? he, he only does things for our own good. You know? and, um, and you just need to know your Father is perfect. Uh, you may have memory scars from your, your dad that might reflect, you might reflect on to God, your father, but your father is not like that. He's perfect. And he's uh, perfect and loves you perfectly. And he disciplines you perfectly. And he has the ability to work out even the hardest broken things on this planet for good for you because he loves you. And But he is perfect, but he also says, hey, look, your father's perfect, and guess what? He wants you to be like him. He wants you to be kind of like him. Um, you know, that's kind of the idea. Other places it says, "Be holy, because God is holy." You know, holy sometimes can be simplified into perfect. Be perfect, because your Father is perfect, and that's what would please him. That's what would honor your heavenly Father. As you aim for being perfect, you know, being like him, being holy, being um, heavenly in your, the way you live. And he goes through and talks about being perfect. There's, Jesus was just teaching through, hey, you know, in this life. The world says, love people who love you, you know, and hate people who hate you. And if someone takes your eye, take their eye. If someone takes your tooth, take their tooth. And Jesus said, yeah, that's kind of an earthly way of thinking, but a heavenly way, like your heavenly Father, He says, someone slaps you in the cheek, what? Slap them in the cheek, right? No, He says, turn your cheek. Someone takes something from you, what do you do? You take back, right? Maybe charge them a little. Know what your Heavenly Father wants you to do. Give them something even of greater value. You know, there's, to be like your Father is different than anything in this world. He's your Heavenly Father. He's out of this world and He wants us to live like Him, to be like Him, to reflect Him. And so um, we need to know that that's the way we can honor Him is being, being like Him, being holy like Him. Um, one of the last things we're going to close with here is just... Um, just this question is how does one we asked the question earlier how does one become a father well by having by having a child at least or having children now here's another question kind of flip it around how does one become a child by having a father that's a good way I mean you could still be a child if you only had a mother I guess but uh, um Really, to be a child, to become a child, you have to be born. You have to be born, you know. If you're not born of a father or mother, well, I guess you wouldn't exist or something like that. You know, there's being, being a, a child relates to being born. And so how then do you become a child of God? Born again. 
born again, born of born of God. To be born the first time we're born for our parents, they're our mother, father, we're the child. But to be born of God is um, you know, to be a child of God is to be born of God. And uh, I want you to look, maybe just to close with one verse here, just to think about uh, as it relates to being born of God. And it's John 112. I'm going to leave everyone with this here. John 1.12. And, and uh, you know, Jesus himself said, No one can come to the Father unless he comes through me. Sometimes I met a guy once we were on a mission trip. We are talking to this guy. He was talking about God. And, uh, you know, he only referred to God as his Father. And it's like he used God as a substitute for his Father. And his life was really hard. But when he came to Jesus, it became apparent this guy did not trust Jesus for eternal life. Somehow he had this relationship with God, his Father, but he went around Jesus. And Jesus says that no one comes to my Father except through me. And so sometimes people have this longing for a heavenly Father, but God has designed it that, um, you know, Jesus said, it's, it's really profound in John 14, he's talking about Philip, and Philip said, hey, you know, sh- just show me the Father and that'll be enough. And Jesus said, you've seen me, therefore you've seen the Father. You know, and he goes on to say, if anyone comes to the Father must come through me, but Jesus showed us really the Father in the flesh here. And um, um, anyways, you have to come through the Son to begin a relationship with your Father. That's the way God designed it. But it says this in John 1, 12. Some of you know this. It's, uh, I don't know if it's been a memory verse here or not yet, but it says about Jesus again. We'll back up maybe two verses to, to catch again more of the contest. Um, now Jesus, it says, He was in the world and the world was made through Him. Um, though the world was made through him the world did not recognize him he came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him but to all who received him to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God children not born of natural descent nor of a husband's decision or a human decision or a husband's will but born of God and so this talks about how to be born of God it talks about those who received the son Jesus came as, as the Lord and Savior of the world and those who received Him become children of God. And God becomes your Father. Just as uh, you know, He refers to, Jesus calls the Father, your Father and my Father. You know, and, uh, but it's, you must believe and you must receive. And I'm just going to call we're trying to understand those that believe and those receive here. And what does it mean to believe in Jesus? I think about them. Uh, Acts chapter 16 and there's a jailer and the whole situation there's an earthquake and the jailer fell at the feet of Paul and he goes what must I do to be saved? And what did Paul say? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And uh, you know that, that believing is the same believing it talks about here and becoming a child of God to believe. But sometimes uh, I think we miss uh, the understanding of what it means to believe. Um, you know sometimes it's this intellectual thing. If you believe all the facts about Jesus Christ you will be saved. And, and that's not it at all. And I think a lot of people miss the boat that way. You know if you believe everything you learned in Sunday school and da 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 you'll be saved. But it's, it's more than that. And I'm we had a, let me see here, we've got a little prop for us on this. Um, here, whip, whip. Don't knock it over. Hopefully this will be something that uh, fathers can relate to as well. Um, Alright, some of you might have to do some of this this afternoon uh, to do a further fatherly duties. 
interesting artworks around, but um, you know, the idea of believe, um, you know, it has to do, you can almost translate believe into place your trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, place your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, the analogy that we shared uh, probably a couple weeks ago at the training seminar, it's, we've used the chair analogy before, but we used it about a billion times. We thought we might start using the wheelbarrow analogy a little bit here. But there's a story, um, and I need to look it up still, I've read it in evangelism training, but there's a story of a guy, I think it's a late 1800s, maybe early 1900s, who, who was kind of like one of those specialist tightrope walkers, and uh, they got to the, the point where he they spanned the Niagara Falls or something like that, and he was going to tightrope across it, not just on his own, you know, that would be quite a feat just to balance across without slipping, falling, dying, things like that, but he was going to somehow get across with a specialized wheelbarrow tightrope situation. And so, you know, the crowd is kind of like oohing and aahing over this guy. And, you know, he asked the question, how many of you think I could get a person across this tightrope, across the Niagara Falls in this wheelbarrow? You know, most of the people, oh, I think you could do it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen this guy before. He can do it. But then he asked the question, uh, how many of you would volunteer to ride in the wheelbarrow as I cross this? And I don't know. I think a lot less hands went up. I don't know if any hands went up. I think they might have had to force a volunteer to say, "Hey, you, come ride the wheelbarrow here." But um, I think we have the same thing happen when it comes to believing in Jesus Christ. It says, "Believe." Uh, Acts sixteen thirty one says, "Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved." And sometimes our believing is like, "I believe Jesus can get across the chasm of our sins and get me from here to heaven." I believe it. Um, but then Jesus says. You want to ride in the wheelbarrow. So you placed your trust in, in me getting you across that chasm. And, and I just want to make sure we don't miss that. I think so many times people have believed as an intellectual uh, understanding or decision. And Jesus says, hey, hey, look, you believe. You believe I can get across. Get in the wheelbarrow and let me walk you across. And it's the only way you're going to get there. And, and I just want to make sure every one of you, some of you have been with us for a while, some of you are new with us, but I want to make sure every one of you has placed your trust in Jesus Christ to get you across. Not just that you believe and you read the books, there's a lot of books, there's a lot of facts. Uh, facts don't get you into heaven. It's a faith that's in your heart. And do you believe that Jesus Christ can get you across that chasm that your sins have caused between you and God? And um, so I just want to make sure, you know, it says to become a child of God, there's to believe in His name, in the name of Jesus Christ, and there's to receive Him. And, you know, the first one, I just want to make sure you all have got in the wheelbarrow and are trusting Jesus Christ alone to get you across. You know, it's not like Jesus says, hey, you walk and I'll follow you. You do your best and, uh, you know, I'll pick you up as you fall. He's saying, hey, I'm the only one who could cross this chasm. Not Gandhi, not Muhammad, not the Buddha. Only Jesus Christ can get you across. And if you want to lift, you want to place your trust in Him, He'll do it. And then it goes, you know, it goes on to say, those who believe in His name, but those who receive Him. You know, and I just want to make sure there's a, if you really believe in Jesus Christ, you place your trust in Him. You know, a real simple way to express that is, is through prayer, you receive Jesus Christ into your life. And uh, a lot of times, I, I think as Christians, we get a little bit tripped up in accepting Jesus Christ. A lot of people say, I accepted Him, I accepted Him. You don't, write, you don't read in the Scriptures of accepting Jesus. Accepting is kind of like, uh, accept the facts that you give me. I accept the books that you've given me on Him. But this says, to those who receive Him, 
it's a personal thing that you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and through prayer you invite Him into the throne of your life um, as your Lord, as your Savior to get you across that chasm and, and so I just want to make sure each one of us to be a child of God you might think God is your father you might have grown up in Sunday school going God is my father my father Abraham had many sons da, da, da. Um, but if you've never placed your trust in Jesus Christ and received Him as your Lord and Savior I would encourage you to question where you're at with God. I would encourage you to question how sure it is you're going to cross that chasm because he says this is the way to be saved. And um, I just want to make sure every one of you as you're uh, you're, you're joining us for church and different things, just make sure that you've you've done that. You've placed your trust in Jesus Christ alone. You've received him personally through prayer, inviting him onto the throne of your heart as Lord and Savior. And... I encourage you to watch in the scriptures here to get to know your father better, to pray to know your father better, to uh, become more like your father. I encourage you to uh, be honorable fathers if you're here as a dad today. And then also encourage you to make sure you figure out how to honor your earthly fathers as best as possible today. So let's, let's go ahead and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we... We just thank you that you are perfect. We thank you that you have given us fathers that uh, in some way are supposed to give us a glimmer of what you're like. But God, they're not perfect, but you are. And God, you are the one father who, who said that instead of you that you are to be worshipped, that the father seeks worshippers. And you are the only one who we should worship because you are perfect. No one else is perfect and, and you are. And Lord, I pray that you help us to honor you with our worship, with our obedience. Father, I pray that if there's anyone in here today that um, wants a relationship with you, but somehow they have not placed their trust in what your son did to, to get them across the chasm of their sins, Lord, I pray that you would help someone place their trust in you and to receive you personally as uh, Lord and Savior. And I pray that you would uh, help each one of us to be your children, that you'd be preparing a place for us with you for, forever in heaven. Um, but we, we thank you that you are our perfect Father. We ask for help to be like you, to reflect you in this world and even today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you guys for joining us here. I hope we'll see uh, everyone Wednesday night as we're just doing a, uh, exactly what we did two weeks ago. We're knocking on doors and at our pastor's conference, just to let you know, we're going to be doing the same thing. They're having 400 pastors unleashed on a neighborhood in St. Louis and so we're not sneaking out of this one. We're going to, we're going to be there with you guys uh, in another city doing that. But, um, and then look forward to catching you guys right back here next Sunday. So have a great Father's Day and thanks for joining us.